Did you know that over 60,000 new tracks are uploaded to Spotify every single day? That's a new track every 1.4 seconds, and that's just on one platform. With so much music now available, it's more important than ever to stand out from the crowd. So it's not surprising that more artists are starting to use less conventional sonic textures in their music, like field recordings. Perhaps you've always wanted to infuse the sounds of nature or your favourite city into your own tracks, but not having the right gear or knowledge might have held you back. Well, if that's the case, you're going to love the brand new guide I just created, teaching you how to start field recording with just a smartphone. And it's all yours for free at femalediymusician.com forward slash learn with Isabel. Yep, you really do just need a humble smartphone and some minimal extra gear that doesn't have to break the bank to get started with field recording. And I've laid it all out in this handy five-point checklist. So download it for free at femalediymusician.com forward slash learn with Isabel and elevate your music to the next level. Now more than ever before, you can start recording your music on a budget from home And that just like other musicians before, you can make something truly beautiful and mesmerising. It's really less about the gear, although obviously that helps. It's much more about how you show up in your space. With creativity and a little patience, not to mention self-compassion when something inevitably goes wrong. Hello and welcome to Girls Twiddling Knobs. My name's Isabel, and over the last decade, my self-produced and self-released music has amassed over 25 million Spotify streams. I also have a PhD in sonic arts, but I wasn't always this confident with music tech. In fact, I still hear those self-doubt gremlins in my head from time to time. I started this podcast to help more female-identifying musicians start recording and producing their music and learn from other women making music with technology. If that's your cup of tea, then you're in the right place, my friend. Let's dive in. Hello, knob twiddlers. Now, before we dive in, I have to let you know about something very cool. As this episode goes out live, I have just opened the doors to a free five-day challenge, Clean Up Your Recordings, You Dirty Girl, and it's taking place from January the 29th to February the 2nd. Now, I only run this challenge twice a year and inside you're going to learn my tips for making crisp, clean, pro recordings of your music from the comfort of your own home. I can also highly recommend the ridiculously supportive and encouraging community that just keeps growing each time I run the challenge. It really does blow me away. So I highly recommend that if you want 2021 to be the year that you really start to be able to have more options for recording and sharing your music, grab your spot. Just head to femalediymusician.com forward slash challenge. It's totally free and I'd love to see you in there. Um, The challenge is actually a perfect follow on from today's episode, which is all about recording your music from home on a budget, £100 to be exact. After the episode I shared at the beginning of the year about setting goals for your music in 2021, if you missed it, by the way, I'll link to it in the show notes, you may have decided that this year is the year you finally get your head around recording and production. And if that's the case, go you. But the next question that may have popped into your head is, 
how the hell can I afford all the fancy microphones and software and don't I need a flashy studio? Well, these are very, very logical thoughts. But by the end of this episode, you will be totally clued up on all the tools, gear and techniques out there that will enable you to do some wonderful things without breaking the bank. We'll also be looking at some of the psychology behind why this inner dialogue around expensive gear and tech can trip us up and prohibit us from getting started. Believe me, it can be a massive energy sucking waste of time when you could have just been taking steps forward. But in the words of Julie Andrews, let's start the very beginning. What's a home studio anyway? So firstly, I kind of don't like using this term. And it's not because there's anything innately offensive about a home studio. There's nothing wrong with having one, of course. And if you have someone you call a home studio, more power to you. But it's more because of the expectations it can set up in your mind. It conjures up images of... Well, uh, let's imagine some home studios, shall we? Maybe like when I think about a home studio, I think about some luxury garden cabin where the birds are singing and it's all made of wood. And I go in and I have these beautiful, creative days where everything is coming together and I feel at one with nature. Or another thing that comes to mind when I think about home studios is maybe some kind of underground bunker in your house in the basement, James Bond style, where... You know, you lean on a wall and it opens up a whole secret passageway. Um, Another home studio that comes to mind is some kind of cottagecore attic situation. And what I mean by cottagecore is, you know, this whole new wave of like uh, fermenting things and crocheting things that's going on. Uh, So you have some kind of idyllic domestic bliss in your attic where you have these incredible evenings with fairy lights and cupcakes and you're recording at home. There's lots of these images that come to mind and all of these things sound great, particularly number one to me, the the garden studio cabin sounds wonderful. And I hope that one day I will be able to make that reality. But all of them sound pretty expensive. I mean, that's before you even factor in equipment and sound treatment, because all of them presume that you have a whole room in your house or flat going spare. Most of us, most people listening to this podcast probably don't. In fact, especially during lockdown, you're realising just how little space you have. Um, So most of us really have, if we're lucky, a space in our home. And so I like the term home recording space. To me, this is somewhere, a part of your house, a part of a room that is flexible so it can double up and do other functions. So maybe it's a desk that turns into a dining table, for example. It's adaptable so it can expand, contract and respond. So sometimes you can take up half a room with this space. Sometimes you have to take up just a corner. It's affordable and sometimes that even means free. Like you just take up a space that you're not having to invest any money in. It's maybe even transportable. So your home recording space could be something that's literally a bunch of equipment that you travel with as well. And lots of other ables. All these words have able at the beginning. So it's somewhere that really enables you to record without having to get bogged down in finding a whole room or building a whole room somewhere and um, it becoming just impossible because of the sheer expense, let alone the practicalities. So this whole idea of a home recording space has possibilities. And if you're listening now, you have somewhere that you can turn into your home recording space. I promise you that. 
I know people who have, you know, multiple children, um, two people that work from home, and there is a space that they can use that can double up or can adapt so that it can be used as a home recording space as well. So please, just before we start going into how you can record on a budget, just don't let unrealistic expectations of what a home studio is hold you back from recording your music. What you should definitely consider, though, is sound treating your space. So this makes such a difference. Not enough people do it. People get so frustrated with the way that they're they're recording sound at home, but sound treatment can make such a difference. And yes, even to your bedroom, come office, come yoga studio, uh, come crash, um, you can do so much with a little bit of know-how there. And if you're interested in learning more about sound treatment, I talk more about this in episode four of the podcast, which I'll link to in the show notes. And I take you behind the scenes of my own recording setup. And if you want to go deeper, I highly recommend downloading my free three-step sound treatment guide available from femalediymusician.com forward slash 10. It's definitely the sound treatment dog's bollocks. Right, I'll get off my soapbox about the whole home studio thing. So I have to call out that little perfectionist voice that says, don't you need really expensive microphones and software to make proper recordings from home? And the answer is yes, but also no. And I know that might not seem very helpful, but the idea that you absolutely must have really expensive mics and software is kind of outdated, actually, for a couple of reasons. So Firstly, it presumes that you want to make music that has a certain aesthetic. Maybe you don't actually want a polished sound. Maybe your music is raw, intimate, glitchy, rough, organic. There's lots of other ways we can describe it. And there's artists who have decided that they want that aesthetic rather than the aesthetic that they've gone into a massive commercial studio. And here's an example. So the example is Justin Vernon, aka Bonnie Ver, and his album For Emma Forever Ago was recorded way back in 2008. But even so, it's still a great example of what you can achieve without a pro home studio. The album was recorded in Vernon's dad's cabin in the woods. And he described the process as where he plugged in the laptop and fucked around. I'm sure a lot of us can relate to that that process. Um, Legend has it that he lugged in some recording equipment, including an old Macintosh computer with Pro Tools, and layered up his recordings. And this raw DIY aesthetic is very important to Vernon. In his words, he said, it's really important that I make the recordings, I engineer them, I mix them. This DIY approach isn't just a way to make do, it's a desired process and aesthetic. But in case you don't know, it went platinum in multiple countries, including the US, where it sold over one million copies, digital and physical. I know I gave you an example here with Bonnie Ver in A Cabin in the Woods, which is very like that expensive idea I, I talked about of a garden studio cabin. But nevertheless, it's not going into a really commercial, you know, really um, expensively decked out studio. It's him bringing some basic equipment in and recording in a, in a log cabin. And it just goes to show that that aesthetic that comes with that is desirable to certain artists and to listeners as well. The second thing to consider is how much recording technology has made huge leaps and bounds since even 2008, in the example of For Emma Forever Ago. And certainly since when I was a teenager starting out in music, 
There are so many very affordable recording and production tools at our fingertips now that just really weren't there. I think when I was about 16, you really only had a, a you know the option of going into a, a studio that someone had decked out with lots of expensive equipment or paying you know relatively a lot of money yourself to fiddle about with uh, Pro Tools at home. Um, that's not the case anymore. There's so many more options. And so I've got another example here, which is Claire Boucher, a.k.a. Grimes, who used GarageBand, which is free, by the way, to create her breakthrough album Visions. She released that in 2012. After this, she did move to a more advanced store, but the fact remains that her breakthrough album was made on precisely this program. And by the way, it's a wonderful album. So is the other album by Bonnie Vare that I mentioned. For context, um, Grimes's Visions album has around 300 million Spotify streams across all the different tracks. The album's two singles, Oblivion and Genesis, were named among the best songs of 2012 by lots of publications, including Rolling Stone, Pitchfork, NME. So, you know, it's a pretty good album <laughs> operating at a pro level and it was made on GarageBand. Grimes says, and I quote, I've always produced all my own music. That's why I was so bad at the beginning. I was using GarageBand. I've since moved on. So Grimes's music combines various influences, but you can hear the murky gothic tones of Visions synths, uh, bass lines of the bubblegum, post-internet pop vocals. It would not be the same if it had been made a com in a commercial music studio. It is DIY and proud. And did I mention that GarageBand is free? So these are both really good examples of artists who have made work which is more DIY, using what they've got to hand, and this, this music has done really, really well. So it just definitely busts the myth that if you want to make pro-level recordings that you have to have really expensive equipment and a massive studio. And of course, I have my own examples and lots of examples as a releasing artist, but maybe the best is the EP that I recorded with the wonderful violinist Ruby Colley called The Sussex Sessions, which we released in 2014. Now, we had no money. I mean, nothing. We had no money. I was even struggling to pay for train tickets to go and rehearse with her. So I used the equipment that I already had and I recorded us in my parents' living room which is where I was staying at the time. And um, and I used my Zoom H4n, which is just a, a very small portable recording device. It has two XLR inputs and it has two stereo mics on the front of it. So I used that with an SM58 mic and then I exported the recordings into Pro Tools and I owned all of these bits of equipment already. So I know that some people are going to be listening to this and saying, well, Isabel, you know, when you top that all up, that's already a few hundred pounds. And I totally get that. Um, but there are more affordable versions of these things um, that I'm mentioning now anyway. And I will give you some really good affordable versions later on. But I recorded my vocals into the Zoom through the SM58 and picked up both Ruby's violin and my guitar on the Zoom's built-in stereo mics at the same time. Then I cleaned things up in Pro Tools through the mixing process and if you go and check it out, I've got the link in the in the show notes. It's not perfect. It's certainly not commercial studio quality, but it's also kind of beautiful. And people hardly ever believe that it was recorded with such little equipment in my parents' living room. I've had people listen to this and be totally amazed at how this was made with such stripped back 
equipment and and the environment of a living room. Um, so it really does go to show that by getting to know your equipment and using what's at your fingertips, you can surprise yourself and other people. Um, the EP features three traditional folk songs, so it is intimate and vulnerable and raw and flawed. And how it was recorded reflects how we played together. We That's how we played in that kind of very live, relaxed, organic way. And I like that the recording reflects that. And we spent no money. So we spent absolutely no money on recording this album. So let's move on to equipment and thinking about how might you build up a really stripped back home recording um, setup with the grand total of £100. Because believe me, it will be basic, but it's possible and you will be able to do more than you maybe think you can. So let's go through the gear you could invest in right now, even if you only have a total of £100. Yes, it can be done. It won't be the best gear out there, but you'll make a start, just like Grimes. And you just might make something breathtaking, like Bon Iver's Forever. All the equipment I'm about to list now will be linked in the show notes. So firstly, you'll want to get hold of a digital audio workstation, or it is sometimes also called a DAW, D-A-W. This will literally be what you build your music on inside your computer. And I know, I'm presuming you have a computer. You can actually do a lot with even just your phone these days. Um, And I, I know that for some people, they may be saving up for a computer, but... I'm going to presume you have some kind of computer, phone or or iPad that you can start doing this with. So um, I'm going to run through a couple of free doors that you can use on your laptop. So I've mentioned Pro Tools already and the full version is still quite pricey and rightly so, it's very good. But you can get a more simplified version, Pro Tools First, which is totally free and more stripped back, but a great way to start. I'd also recommend Grimes's... um, one that she cut her teeth on GarageBand if you're on Mac or iPhone too. It's also free and very intuitive, so a great one for beginners. And we still haven't spent any money and you've already got your audio editing software sorted. So next, you'll want some headphones and your computer speakers are not going to cut it. This is why you need headphones. And the thing is, is that when you buy, invest in monitors or speakers for your recording, for listening back to what you've recorded and mixing... They are kind of pricey, but headphones and headphones that will do the job at the beginning are much, much cheaper. So I would always recommend that you invest in headphones because you're going to need them for monitoring when you record anyway. So I personally like the very affordable Sennheiser HD201 headphones, which are around £30 and are really comfortable and a comparatively clean, detailed sound. So like I said, you'll be able to monitor while you're recording and you'll be able to mix with precision too. And it's a much better use of your money starting out than investing in fancy speakers. That can come later, but right at the beginning, if you've got a a tight budget, I really recommend investing in some headphones. Then we need to think about a mic. So a condenser mic will give you the most flexibility. This is because it's going to be able to pick up more intricacies. So it's great for your voice. It's also great for a guitar. You can use it for other instruments like piano. Um, A USB condenser will mean that you don't have to also invest in an audio interface yet. So again, that's something you might want to invest in later. But for now, you could get a USB condenser and go straight into your computer, into GarageBand or Pro Tools. 
Um, one USB condenser that gets very good reviews is the Behringer C1U, which is around £30. Um, this is a great one to get you started on a budget. And we still have 40 quid left of our £100 budget. So I also recommend considering investing in some foam panels to sound treat your space. I have a bunch in my home recording space, my bedroom, and they make such a difference to the clarity and quality of my recordings. So I recommend the Procoustics Ultraflex pack of 24 tiles, which is only £35. So with our budget, we have a free door. We have um, some headphones, which are going to help us monitor while we record and mix as well. We have our bearing a C1U condenser microphone so we can record our vocals as well as other, other instruments. And we have our phone panel so we can sound treat our space. And we are actually coming in at just under £100. But lastly, I want to just touch on the fact that there are lots of techniques you can use both in how you record with your gear and also what you do inside your door that are free and make a big difference. So I go into lots of these inside of the free five day challenge I mentioned coming up at the end of the month. And it definitely helps to have all the videos and the workbook included inside to fully understand them. But I just thought I'd give you one right now to whet your appetite. And that is that you should think about mic positioning. When you're recording your vocals, ask those questions like, are you too far away? Are you too close? Do you need to move while you perform your vocals so that your mic picks up the sound at a more regular input signal? How does it sound when you record your guitar right on the bridge as opposed to the neck? When you shift the position of your mic, are you hearing different textures and timbres from your instrument and you can get really experimental and how does your piano sound when your mic picks it up from the next room for example you can play and get creative with mic positioning you can really turn this into almost like an art form and if you really get into this it can be one of the biggest ways that you produce your music especially if you're more of an acoustic organic musician you can also get super specific. You can get really detailed and geeky about mic positioning. But this is also totally free to do. You don't need to buy any more equipment, especially at first. Obviously, you may want to invest in more mics as you go along. But at the beginning, this is free. Experimenting with where you put your mic is free. But it's often something that people aren't confident enough to do. But I really recommend just playing around. It will make such a difference. Um, and like I say, I, there are lots of other things you can try. There's lots of other free techniques, but that's a really good one to think about. So where could this take you from here? Even if it's not the destination, but just the next stage of your music recording journey, what difference could it make if you got started recording your music from home now? Even with a limited budget, this could give you the tools to cut your recording teeth and spoiler alert, hardly anyone immediately starts recording with the perfect, most professional setup. You know, that just doesn't happen. We build as we go. And wouldn't it be better to practice and make mistakes with some gear that didn't cost the earth and you're not too precious with? Please, please don't let that inner perfectionist trick you into thinking that you need some kind of James Bond style underground punker or a garden cabin that costs a small fortune to erect. You just need a space, a home recording space and a few bits of gear to get you started. 
And most importantly, the creativity I know you have in bucket loads to experiment and play and use your gear as much as you can. And I'm so ready to give you a little extra guidance with recording from home. So join me in the challenge if that's right up your street. It is going to be packed full of even more recording hacks to help you make crisp, clean pro home recordings yourself, even if you're a total beginner. Just go to femalediymusician.com forward slash challenge and grab your spot. The challenge kicks off on Friday, January the 29th. So we've covered a lot from what the term home studio really means to how to truly rinse £100 and get the crucial pieces of recording gear you need to record your music from home. And there is, of course, lots more that you can experiment with and invest in beyond this. We didn't touch on audio interfaces, add-on plugins or sample packs and microphones are like a different galaxy all in themselves, my friend. But I hope this episode has shown you that now more than ever before, you can start recording your music on a budget from home and that just like other musicians before, you can make something truly beautiful and mesmerising. It's really less about the gear, although obviously that helps. It's much more about how you show up in your space with creativity and a little patience, not to mention self-compassion when something inevitably goes wrong. Now, in next week's episode, I'm going to be talking about something that can be really tricky for a lot of women in music, and that's fear. And as this is Girls Twiddling Knobs, we will be specifically looking at this from a recording and production point of view. But there's no denying this tricky and at times helpful emotion plays a role in many aspects of our music. So till then, take care. I hope to see you in the five day challenge and I'll catch you in the next episode. Bye for now. So, how do you like that episode, dear listener? If you loved it, and you know someone else who would love it too, be a good friend and share it with them. Go on, spread the girls' twiddling knobs love.